You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Welcome to church, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome. We have uh, an amazing privilege from hearing from my pastor today. This is a, it's an important thing for us as a church. This is what helps you to be protected from me should my heart go wrong. Everybody needs to be under authority. This is my pastor. This is my spiritual father. So please stand to your feet and help me welcome from High Ridge, Fort Worth, Pastor Jeff Klingenberg as he comes to bring the word today. Come on, somebody. Give that warm, long group, long view welcome. Stretch out your hands towards Pastor Jeff, if you would, and let's pray over him. Father, I pray that you'd bless my pastor as he speaks to us today. I pray that you would encourage him as he encourages us. In Jesus' name, and all of High Ridge Longview said, amen. All right, everybody, you doing good today? Yes. Good to see you in the house. I, am, I now have the joy of overseeing, I counted up this morning, Donna, I did 15 either nonprofit, church, or pastors, uh, and helping them to, to do well and have a blessed life. And let me just tell you, your pastor is, is on that list uh, in, in the number 15 slot of easy to oversee. <laughs> Just kidding. I love Pastor Tim. You all are blessed to have him. And uh, let's dig into the word. Amen, somebody? First Thessalonians chapter five is where we're gonna be to start with. And then we're gonna go to Hebrews chapter four. I am really excited to teach this today because it's something that has changed my life and I pray that, that you're able to receive it and have the Spirit speak to you uh, through my voice today. So let me start out by just trying to get you to think about some things. What would you think if I told you that you aren't necessarily who you really think you are? What would you think if I told you you are more in the image of God than what you have yet realized? You are more created in the image of God than what you've come to understand yet. What would you think if I told you that you could live a life full of abundance, full of joy, full of the nearness of God with very little sin involved? A full and abundant and victorious life. Would you believe that's possible? I just wanna help you to understand something today. You are created in God's image And I wanna help you to see who you really are today. The title is The Real You. And I wanna help you to see this very simply today. Just as God is a triune God, you are a triune being. And that means three. So God is three persons, all equally God, all, all connected together in the Godhead. God is three persons. Here, here would be a way to potentially understand that. I was asked, uh, one time to teach this, and what I reflected back on was, was a, a friend of mine in a, in a class when we, in seminary asked the professor, please explain the Trinity in a way that I can teach it and help others to understand it. And here's the way he explained it. He explained it with H2O. And so he, he asked us to just visualize, and so I'd ask you to do this, just visualize calm water in the North Pacific, Just totally calm water. That would be like Father God, H2O in in its most natural sense, if you will. Then visualize that coming into that calm water is an iceberg. And that would represent the second person in the Trinity, the Son, 
Why an iceberg, you say? Because the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then John says one time, we held him, we touched him. And you can do that with water, but you can for sure do it with ice. And then envision that calm water everywhere that you can see with a huge iceberg there, and then envision a temperature change and steam and mist and fog starting to rise up off the water. And there you have the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who is like breath, wind, or air. You see, many, many times people uh, miscon- misconfuse and say three gods. No, one God in three persons. One God in three persons. I am Jeff Klingerberg, Don's husband. I am Jeff Klingerberg, Bethany, Jeremy, Jonathan, Brianna, Josiah's father. I am Jeff Klingerberg, who is a pastor. It's still me, but I show up in three different ways. And God is God. One God in three expressions, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And listen to me, friend, the Holy Spirit is not the bronze medalist of the Trinity. Let me say that again, the Holy Spirit is not the bronze medalist of the Trinity. He is God and he is good. Not to be neglected and not to be overemphasized. And so I wanna teach you today about how much you are like your God. And we're gonna start out in 1 Thessalonians chapter five. So I wanna show you the three parts that you're made of. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, triune God, you made up of three parts. And I wanna show you what they are. And which, by the way, let me give a little plug here. Uh, th- this, this series is called, this teaching is the first part of a series called The Real You, where I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to teach the, the, the people of God who they really are. And we're connecting that now to a podcast called Real Strength. And so I just wanna invite you and, and cue you in uh, to, to Real Strength Podcast. We just saw We just shot season three, (laughs) thought season three. Anyway, we just shot season three in the Real Strength Podcast. You can go to uh, me on Instagram and you can find the connect uh, on the link in my bio. There, man, I'm improving on on my social media knowledge. Now what I really love to do, let me teach you the word. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And here we see the three parts of you. The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, says this, now may the God of peace himself, time out, let's stop right there, God himself, the author of the scripture is the Holy Spirit. Here, Paul is the one writing down what the Holy Spirit is telling him to capture, to put in a letter to send to a church in a a town called Thessalonica. And in this sentence right here, he uses the reflexive mood, God himself. This is a point of emphasis. Anytime you see God repeat something one, two, or three times in a verse, that tells you pay attention more than you normally would. This tells us pay attention more than you normally would. God himself, the God of peace himself, sanctify you. Now if I were to ask you what is sanctification, many of you would would give some understanding. It's very simply this, God wants to make you holy because he knows the closer you are to being holy, i.e. free from sin, the more blessed your life is gonna be and the more you're gonna enjoy your life on this side of eternity and not just to have to wait and enjoy it on that side of eternity. So God wants to sanctify us or make us holy. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Somebody say completely. In other words, you are a work in progress. Notice I didn't say process, I said progress. Because God has his hand on your life, and if you will let him work on you and help you and sanctify you, then you're going to be blessed beyond a way that you can do by yourself. 
Life is so full, so blessed when God has his hand completely connected to every part of your life. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole, now here we go, the three parts of you, here we go, spirit, soul, and body. Would somebody say those three? Here we go. One more time, everybody, here we go, all together. That's the three parts of you. God, God is three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You are created in his image. Yes, your face and his face are similar. But here also shows you another aspect of you being created in God's image. Three persons in the Godhead, three parts of you. The question is, is which part is leading the way? And the question is, is God able to sanctify all of you? Once again, let me go back to the beginning of the verse. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at or until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it? In other words, you're here today in some means or another, you're watching online today, God bless you, thanks for joining in, because you have some faith or confidence in the goodness of God. So I just want to help you to expand that a little bit and let God have access to every part of who you are. All of your soul, all of your spirit, all of your soul, and all of your body. Let me explain what these three mean. Spirit, in the Greek, is the word pneumata, which means with breath or with air. Acts chapter 2, when, the, when they were praying in the upper room, the spirit descended like a rushing wind. So the Holy Spirit is like that. He's like breath, wind. He's everywhere. He's like humidity in the air. He's like fog. He, he's 100% he's God, and he's everywhere, and you have a part of that in you if you know Christ as your Savior. And then your soul. And the word for soul is the Greek word suke, which is where we get our word psyche. Now, if I were to ask somebody around you who you are, they would probably describe your soul. Uh, so if I were to ask you who's Pastor Tim, you would say he loves God. You would say, um, he's funny. There, you're describing his soul. You, 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 you would say, um, he loves me. So, so he's let you know the kind of affection he has in his heart for you. You would be describing his personality. You, you would be, he, he's sometimes irreverent. Can I have an amen? That's part of what I love about him because it helps people that have a little bit of that in him be able to connect to God because there's a whole bunch of us that don't know how to be that way. <laughs> uh, I like that one a whole bunch. And then your body. Your body, that's the Greek word soma, which means your earth suit. It's just this. It's not eternal yet. It's just this. And I'll explain you more about that in just a second. In other words, God is faithful. And if you will let him, he will work on every part of your life. And he will put you in an order that will make you more effective than you can put yourself in. He will lay things out for you so that your life can be more blessed than what you can do in laying out your steps and your life on your own. He wants to help you because he loves you. He wants to bless you because he's good. He wants to give you the right process to walk in this life because he has walked it and he wants you to enjoy it the way he did. And it's important that you recognize God in three persons, you in three parts. Now let's dive a little deeper. Let's go to Hebrews chapter four. I wanna show you this very same concept, the three parts of you, and then we're gonna see three parts of your soul. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Let's, let's go together. Here we go. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. 
For the word of God is living and powerful. Time out, praise break. Is there anybody in the house thankful that you have a copy of God's word? Come on. Anybody thankful that you live on planet earth today, that you know how to read, that you've got your copy, praise the Lord for the printing press. Whenever that happened, I'm glad because I've got a whole bunch of copies of God's word. And every single one of those copies is accurate, infallible, perfect, can restore your soul, can lay things out in your mind, can help you to live your life full of the spirit. It's living and powerful. I'll start a phrase, you finish it. Are you ready? An apple a day? Okay, let me give you another one. A scripture a day keeps the devil away. The word of God is living and active, sharper, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of, and here we go, the three parts again, soul and spirit of joints and marrow, body. So in 1 Thessalonians 5, the order is spirit, soul, body. Here the order is soul, spirit, body. And then look at this, keep reading, look, at, look on the screen and follow along. And is a discerner, what the word of God discerns or clarifies in our mind. The thoughts and intents of the heart, the three parts of your soul, if you will, mind, will, and emotions. Thoughts, everything starts with a thought. The question is, is what happens after the thought comes? Does it then go to your will, or does the thought then go to your emotion? Too many of us are living our lives underneath a fallen emotional process to where we have responded incorrectly and we still choose to respond incorrectly. Why? Because we're not ordered out yet. Because the thought comes and then our emotions rise up and that's the way we're known. I just say what I think. Well, maybe there should be some times when you don't. Well, I just give people a piece of my mind. They didn't like the last piece. They don't want to taste this piece either. And so quite often, we're out of order. Why? Because after the thought takes place, the will is almost non-existent, for sure not submitted to the indwelling spirit, and our emotions take over. We think things, we say things, we do things that help us look more like someone who doesn't have the spirit of God than someone who loves the spirit of God. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. So let me help you to understand it this way. You are a spirit. Or, if you will, you have been saved. What am I talking about? At the moment, and if you haven't had this moment in your life today, you can have it in just a moment, I'll help you. But at the moment when you recognize Jesus Christ is who he said he was, and he's the only one that can forgive sins. Why? Because he conquered sin, death, and the grave, and he came out on Easter Sunday morning. And he did that for me. When you come to the point to realize Jesus Christ loves you so much, that he came out of the grave for you. He conquered sin, death, and the grave for you. Why? Because he wants to forgive your sins. And friend, he's the only one that can do that. And your best efforts can't do it. And you know deep down inside, your best efforts to be good aren't cutting it. That's why you need a savior. That's why you need Jesus. And when you recognize that moment, then you will be saved. Spirit, your spirit is saved. But also, you are being saved. What am I talking about? I'm talking about your soul. Your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, your thoughts, your purpose, your passion, your intentions, those are in the process of being sanctified and being saved, that part of you. How do I know that that's true? Because the Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Well, if it says I'm saved at the moment I trusted Christ, then why do I need to work out my salvation with, with fear and trembling? Everybody look at me. 
because there's some stinking thinking going on in here. And that's what's messing us up. And then, thirdly, you are a body, you live in a body, and you will be saved. You have been saved, if you know Christ as your Savior. You are being saved if you're letting him sanctify your life. And you will be saved. The earth suit will change as you're flying through the air if you're alive when Jesus comes and appears in the heavens to take people back to, to heaven with him. Or if you're in the grave, you'll rise first, and at that moment, that which is imperfect will be made perfect. And aren't you thankful for healing in God's, in God's realm today? So thankful for healing in our bodies. So, God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You in three parts. Say it. Spirit, soul, and body. And your soul, three parts, mind, will, and emotions. The question is, is what is leading the way? How are you known? Who are you? How many of y'all have ever heard of a, of a girl named Cinderella? Just give me a wave. Yeah, yeah. So think about it. Think about it. Maybe this analogy will help. Cinderella. What, what did she need to be able to be made into a princess? Well, she needed clothes. She needed proper clothes. She needed a royal coach with horses. She needed attendants, and she needed the proper, the glass, you know, the right shoes to be able to go to the ball and be thought of as a princess. If she would have had the coach but no horses, it wouldn't have worked. Horse but no coach wouldn't have worked. Peasant's clothes with the right slippers shows up at the ball. She's not going to be seen as a princess. If she goes to the ball with everything, then she will be seen, and as the, you know how the, the, the story goes, seen as a princess. And in some ways, the same is true with you. If the Lord, God himself, does not have access to all three parts of you, spirit, soul, and body, then in a way, you have an appearance that you shouldn't have. You have a way of thinking that God doesn't want you to have. Let me play it out for you this way. Think of a Christian who has most things together, and man, they can worship like I'll get out, and, and they love God, and they know the Bible, but sometimes when they talk, their tongue just lashes people to death. I mean, they've got a critical fault-finding tongue with gossip and slander all in there. Well, what do you think? You think, well, they say one thing, but they represent something totally different. They need their soul to be healed. Let me, let me give you another example. What would be the case if you knew someone that professed to be a Christian, they, they had the Spirit of God within them, but yet it was all just lip service. They were ugly and unkind to everybody. I mean, they're the ones cutting people off when they're driving. They're the ones giving dirty looks and using finger expressions when somebody's going too slow in the fast lane. Don't look at anybody and don't elbow anybody. I don't want to know if it's you. Their actions don't demonstrate the kindness that Jesus had at all. What would you say? You'd say, well, they need some work. <laughs> There's something not right with them. Or let me, just, let me just give you another example. What would you say if somebody professed to be a Christian? They could worship like I'll get out. I mean, they, they knew the word. They, they could lead a small group. But yet, they're involved in sexual activity outside the covenant of marriage. And so they are justifying that what they're doing with their spirit, what they're doing with their soul is okay and God should accept them even though their body, the third part of them, is involved in something that is against the teaching of the scriptures, against the ways of God. You would say that person needs some help. That person needs a little bit of work. That's what I'm talking about. God wants to sanctify you, wants to make you holy. He wants you to be who you really are and that is spirit, soul, and body all fully submitted 
to the lordship of Jesus Christ. We are triune beings made of spirit, soul, and body, made in God's image. Are you living there? Are you dwelling there? So let's dig in a little deeper. Somebody say a little deeper. I wanna show you the first thing today is this. You are a spiritual being. You are a spirit. What am I talking about? Spirit, the spirit part of you is the ruling faculty within you that connects you to the unseen realm. The spirit of God connects you to the unseen realm. That's you're able to hear God's voice. That's why you're able to worship in spirit and in truth because you're a spiritual being connected to the unseen realm. Romans chapter eight, verses 10 and 11 puts it this, this way. If Christ is in you, now look at me, this is not a conditional sentence the way we know it. In English, we use conditional sentences all the time and we make a condition with the word if. Well, if you love me, then you'll do this. Well, that's not the case here. This, this could very, very simply be and should be stated since. So let's go back and look at it that way. Since Christ is in you, somebody say praise God for that. Your body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Let's go to the next verse, verse 11. And since the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, look at it, through his spirit who dwells in you. You're a spiritual being. That's who you really are. That's how you're seen and known by God. Proverbs chapter 20, 27 puts it this way. The spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord, illuminating the innermost parts. Did you know that when the Holy Spirit has control, complete control over all areas of your life where you're not hiding anything from him, where you want him to deal with everything that you do with your body, that you think with your mind, that you say with your mouth, and the choices that you make, you have a glow about you? There's a glow about someone who has the spirit of God leading the way in their life. And that glow can define you. Up until I was nine years old, I didn't have that glow. I didn't have the spirit of God within me. I didn't know Christ. And then at age nine, I made the choice to give my life to Jesus Christ and to ask him to take over my life and to forgive all of my sins. And when I did, I believe I got saved. I started the process of sanctification. I started the process of God working in my life to help me to look like Jesus. And the same with you. But unfortunately, the case with me, as the case with many of you, I made that decision, took a couple of steps this direction, and then decided to go this way. And I made a right turn and got way off, way over into a whole bunch of stuff way out there. Anybody follow that pattern? Just one hand will help me feel better in the, in the room today. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I did that. And then when I was 22 years old, the Jesus people came to town. And they had something I had never seen before. When they worshiped, they didn't hold a book in their hands. No offense to, to those of you that, that still do that. No offense at all. But they wanted their hands to be free because they wanted to honor God with their hands. They wanted to make a joyful noise with their hands and smash the prince of the power of the air with their hands when they worship. And they had a love. I never, I, when, they, when they sang and when they prayed, and they prayed with the language of heaven, they sang with the language of heaven, I thought, I am standing on the sea of glass right before the throne of grace right now. It was that beautiful. And then I realized I had fire insurance, but that was all. And I realized I needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They taught this, and it was awesome. Now, let me explain it to you this way, because many people are confused about it. If I had a bucket of water sitting here on the platform, and I took a sponge, which would represent you, and I set you in the bucket of water, that would represent your moment of salvation, where the Holy Spirit placed you into the body of Christ 
into divine life. That's what that moment would, would represent. But yet every gospel teaches and speaks of the baptism which Jesus does, and that's into the Holy Spirit. Every single gospel, and that's the way the book of Acts starts, is the importance of the believer yielding to Jesus and receiving the power of the Spirit in their life. And that would be like, and so, so Paul calls it the deposit. At the moment of salvation, you receive the deposit. You have all the Holy Spirit you need. You're gonna be with God forever in heaven, forever and ever and ever. However, there's a life that God wants to help you live now, that you've gotta make the choice to receive. And that would be like me reaching down, grabbing hold of that sponge, and this is what Jesus does. Jesus is the one who baptizes you into the Holy Spirit. Grabbing hold of that sponge and immersing that sponge into the life of God so that the sponge is completely filled up with the life of God represented by the water so that there's a choice being made after the heart choice for a lifestyle choice, for a mindset choice to yield to the Spirit of God for the rest of your life. That's what some of you have yet to walk into. And that's what I wanna encourage you to embrace. Your spirit should lead the way in every aspect of your life. That which connects you to the unseen realm should lead the way in your life. The question is, is, is that happening? You say, no, it's not happening. Maybe it's because you need to ask Jesus to baptize you into the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you, you've got nothing to worry about. It is an awesome thing. And, and when it happens, you can walk then in a power, in a life that you haven't yet had just receiving your fire insurance. Not, please, don't hear me saying that that is not enough. I'm not saying that at all. Salvation is a work of God by grace, and if you have it, you're blessed. Everybody hear that? I'm talking to you about a life like what Jesus lived, full of the Spirit, day by day, thought by thought. That's what I hope for you. And that's really who I believe you really are. You're a spiritual being, so you are a spirit. Here's the second thought. You possess a soul. You are an eternal spiritual being who possesses a soul. Your soul is the center of your personality. I just gave a description a moment ago of Pastor Tim and how awesome his soul is, how he's known. So your soul is the center of your personality. And I wanna give you two, two verses here to help you to see the relationship between the soul and the spirit. So Luke chapter one, verse 46, right after Gabriel gave a 15-year-old girl named Mary the message that she was gonna carry in her womb God himself and give birth to God and gave him the name, gave her the name that he was gonna have. Right after that moment happened, here's what happens in the scripture. Luke 1, and Mary said, my, somebody say that next word. Soul. soul. My soul magnifies the Lord. She had just been told something that would put shame on her life with all the people around her. Pregnant at 15 without a husband, without having formally gone through the engagement process and the marriage process. But nevertheless, when the angel Gabriel tells her this, she steps back and says, my soul, my psyche, my mind, my will, my emotions, my thoughts, magnify the Lord. Now look at the next phrase. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Why was she able to rejoice in something that she was confused with and uncertain about? Because she had already yielded to and was walking in the power of the Spirit. And you can do the same thing. It's a lot easier to walk through life understanding things that are ununderstandable when you're connected to the one who understands everything. Much easier to live life that way. 3 John 1 verse 2, look at this. 
The Apostle John says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, that's your body, just as your psyche, your soul, prospers. So your soul, your soul can prosper. You can live in a blessed and abundant place. I want to tell you a sad story, a true story about a pastor. I'm not going to mention the name of the church or the state. They found out one day that his wife had just committed adultery. Now, as a, a spiritual leader, he had the choice to make. This was shot to the heart. I mean, pain, pain emotionally into his heart. He had the choice to step into the spirit or to step into the flesh, to have his body do something righteous or to have his body do something unrighteous. He went the very next day and committed adultery with someone himself. To get even with her, she committed adultery against him. He decided as a pastor of a megachurch, decided to get even with her by committing adultery against her the very next day. Now, what was the condition? What, what was going on here? Why did this happen? Because we have two people whose souls weren't healthy. Their mind, will, and emotions were messed up. Why? I proposed because they weren't letting the indwelling spirit take the lead. We sing, Jesus, take the wheel, but really it needs to be spirit, lead the way. And, uh, and so this, this happened. Why did it happen? Because there was a weakness in both of their souls. They needed a touch from the Spirit so that they could live a blessed and abundant life. His defense against adultery was to commit adultery himself. His life wasn't connected to the love of God. His life was connected to wanting to get even. He wasn't prospering. 3 John 1 verse 2 wasn't the case with this, with this pastor. His body wasn't prospering. Why? Because his soul wasn't prospering. As a matter of fact, because his soul wasn't prospering, because he was thinking and responding emotionally the wrong way, then his body did not only not prosper, his body entered into sin when he entered into adultery. Your soul should follow the lead of your spirit. So everybody say, I am a spirit, am a spirit. who possesses a soul, who, soul. Who, lives in a body. who lives in a body. Third point today, you live in a body. So your spirit connects you to the unseen realm. Your soul identifies your personality. And then here's the third part. Your body links you to the material world around you. Your earth suit is what connects you to the material world around you. Romans 12 verse 1 says we're to do this with our body. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. It's natural for you to present, to present this to him, to have all of this be connected to all of him so that you're never ashamed of anything you've done. Yeah. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, or do you not know that your, say it, is it on the screen? That your body is the temple, not a temple, not indirect article, I mean, not indefinite, direct, definite article. The temple, your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. Your body is God's temple and you should yield your body to the indwelling spirit. So what am I saying today? I'm telling you, you are created in the image of God. The real you has the Spirit of God leading the way in your mind with your emotions, with what your body does. Having your soul follow the lead of the Spirit and having your body come in third place and not in first place. Listen, if your body is dictating your life, 
your, 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 your needs, your wants, your, your, your passions, your ambitions, your addictions, if that's dictating the pace of your life, I'm not here to condemn you today. I'm just here to tell you God's got a better way. He wants to bless you in a way that you can't bless yourself. He wants to give you a spirit-filled life. The question is, is when you let Jesus grab hold of your life and immerse you in and place you into all the good things that he wants to do in your life. And I hope your answer is yes. Who are you? Who is the real you? The real you is a dynamic spiritual being created in the image of God, made of three parts, like your God is three persons. Who are you? You are one who possesses a soul that God designed for you to possess so that you could connect with people on planet Earth as long as you're still here. Who are you? You're one dwelling in a temporary earth suit that should not be neglected, nor should it be worshiped. Your body should not be neglected. It is the temple of God, so quit putting trash in it. You wouldn't carry trash into the temple. So live your life with your body being blessed, but at the same time, your body is not to be worshiped. If you're gonna worship a building or worship a temple, you're worshiping the wrong thing in the wrong place. Our worship is to be worshiped to Almighty God. And that's what your body is to help you do, not hinder you from doing. So who are you? You are special in the eyes of God. He wants to bless you beyond the curse and beyond how you can bless yourself. The question is, is will you let him? Are you living according to who and whose you really are? Are you living that way? Would everyone close your eyes? I wanna pray for us today. At home, if you would just join in right now, just close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm just curious to know, has the Holy Spirit spoken, spoken something to you today during worship or during the teaching of the word? If he has prompted something or stirred you with something, would you slip your hand up? I wanna pray for you. Perhaps it's getting things right. Perhaps it's getting emotions out of the way, always, always responding emotionally. Perhaps it's having your body be submitted to the Lord so that sin can be undone from your body. Good, God bless you all. Father in heaven, I wanna thank you for my friends in this room and watching online. And I wanna thank you for the blessings that you have for our life. And I wanna thank you, Lord, that your ways are right, your ways are just. And I wanna thank you, Lord, that you love us today and that you wanna bless us today. So I'll bring my friends before you and I pray for every work that you're doing now to be completed. I pray for every work of faith to grow right now. And I pray for blessings and abundance to move into their life and into their mind, into their spirit, into their body more than ever before. Blessings, I pray, Lord. Blessings on my brothers and sisters. Blessings poured out from your right hand right now. I pray in Jesus' name. If you keep your heads bowed for one more prayer. This prayer is for those of you that would say, you know, Jeff, in all honesty, I don't have this God thing figured out yet. I'm not positive at the end of my life, whenever that might be, that I'm gonna be with God in his heaven forever. I've got my doubts. And by the way I've been living, I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna be in heaven. Well, friend, I wanna encourage you to recognize something. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loves you more than you love yourself. And he has a wonderful plan for your life. And he wants to do something for you right now that you can't do for yourself. He wants to forgive your sins, all of them. Those you have committed, those you are committing, and those you will commit, he wants to forgive all of them. And friend, he's the only one that can do that because he's the only one that conquered the ultimate end of sin, which was death and the grave. He rose victorious. He loves you so much, he wants to put that same power in your life. The question is, is will you receive it? 
Will you receive God's life into your life? Will you let him forgive your sins? Friend, you've been trying to be good enough, and you know deep down inside your efforts to be good enough aren't cutting it. That's why you need a Savior. That's why you need Jesus. And he's reaching out his hand right now in the unseen realm to meet you in your heart because he loves you that much. Now, if you're sitting here saying, Jeff, you're describing me, what do I do? Well, friend, I want to encourage you to pray a simple prayer with me. I'll pause after each phrase of this prayer so that you can pray it. And if you mean business, you can connect with God right now. Have your sins forgiven. Have your name sealed in God's book in heaven, made permanent, and your life can change right now. So you pray with me, boy or girl, mom or dad, grandma or grandpa, doesn't matter. Watching online, doesn't matter. If this is your first time here today, that doesn't matter. If you've been here a thousand times before, that doesn't matter. I want to encourage you to pray with me right now and settle the issue with God in your heart. All right, here we go. Lord Jesus, come on, friend, pray with me. Lord Jesus, I'm choosing to trust in you today. I'm choosing right now to believe that you're God's son and that when you conquered sin and death and came out of the grave, I'm choosing to believe that you did that for me. And I'm asking you right now, Lord, to come into my life, to take over my life, and to forgive all of my sins. And Lord, I want you to know, pray this, friend, this is very important. This is what the Bible calls repentance. Lord, I want you to know that starting right now, I'm not gonna live my life my way any longer. Starting right now, I'm gonna live the rest of my life with you. And here's the last part of the prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for just now hearing and answering my prayer. And it's in your name that I've prayed. Amen. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, except those of you that just prayed with me. If you just prayed with me, would you look up at me right now? Would you just look up at me and give me a wave and say, that's me? God bless you, darling. Just look up at me and wave at me and say, that's me. I just prayed with you. Just wave at me and say, yes, God bless you, darling. Good. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Just wave at me and say, that's me. That's me. Yes, got your girls here on the front. God bless you. Just wave at me. Anybody else, wave at me until I see you and say, that's me, I just prayed with you. Anyone else? Good, those that just prayed with me, would you look this way? And those that are online, would you, would you tune in as well? You'll see a way to be able to connect to this church. They'll be able to help you to know what to do next. And those of you that are in this service, would you just take the information card? Uh, it's on the seat behind you if you're sitting in the front and uh, fill it out and drop it in the box by the door on the way out. And this church will start helping you know what to do next. Congratulations, you just made the best decision you could ever make. You just took a step toward God and now he wants to help you to keep walking with him. Amen, everybody? Can we look this, everybody look this way? Can we celebrate five in this service? Come on, let's celebrate. Thank you so much for that, Pastor Jeff. We appreciate that very much. We thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your spiritual fathering and mentoring, pastoring me. Uh, we are healthier because of you and because of your leadership. We're so grateful to have you. And, and his amazing wife, Pastor Don, I call her my second mom. So would you guys tell her thank you for being an amazing wife to him, mom to us. Now, they are way more touch-oriented than I am. So if you need to hug somebody, hug them on my behalf. <laughs> they love it. Would you stand to your feet? We're so grateful for them. I'm grateful for their covering. I, I believe every pastor needs a pastor. That's my pastor, and I'm so, so incredibly grateful that you're here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for loving me, for loving us, for watching over my soul, for watching over my body, my marriage, for the health of this church. We appreciate that very, very much. We're better because of you. 
I have our elders and their wives stepping forward. These guys are going to be available to pray for you about whatever you might need prayer for. We would love to pray for you. I also want to remind you of a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, in case you're living under a rock, next week is Easter. And so that means a couple of things around here. Uh, number, one, number one, we're doing five services next week to accommodate all the people who only come on Christmas and Easter, and they're going to come. Now, here's the most important thing. They need to see a group of people that actually love Jesus and that care about them. So would you lay aside yourself and your own personal preferences so that next week we can watch a whole lot of people meet Jesus? I would ask that you do that. Make sure that you get the, give them the best parking. Give them the best seats. Make sure that they get everything that they need. If you see someone that you haven't recognized before, they say, hey, I'm glad that you made it. That's all you need to say. Talk to somebody. Don't be weird. We're not weird. And we also like to do things on Easter that, that show that when you come back the week after, like it's, it's not a huge letdown. You ever been to a place where you're like, this was great. You come back the next week and you're like, it's not so great. Every Longview restaurant that opens is known for that. <laughs> Opening day, you're like, what an amazing restaurant. Next week, you're like, what happened? This is nasty. We're not doing that in churches. Come on. So we got five services. It will be an abbreviated version of what we would uh, normally do on a Sunday morning. We're just going to introduce people to Jesus. So there are... Um, Invite cards located in our lobby for you to be able to hand out to your family and friends to hand out at the table of the place you go out to eat next. Make sure you leave it with a nice tip. If you don't tip, don't go out to eat. Certainly don't invite them to our church. Like, hey, Christians tip. We're changing that whole mindset. Come on, somebody. We tip. There's a spirit of generosity here, and we're going to show our city. It's not, we're not just generous to Jesus. We're generous to everybody. We're generous to his people. And so I want to make sure that you do that and leave a good name in our city. We've got Beast Feast coming up. So ladies, make sure that your husband is coming. Uh, make sure your boyfriend's coming. Bring them both. We, we're going to get them safe. We'll get you safe in the process. Get your sons here. It's going to be an amazing time with Uncle Cy from Duck Dynasty. It's going to be weird. I guarantee it. It's going to be weird. You ought to hear the conversations already. He's excited about coming. Uh, we have a, a video that we might show you later on. He's just like, beast face, beast face, beast face, beast We're like, what, what is he doing? He just keeps saying beast face over and over. I'm here for it. I don't know. Like, You'll fit right in. We're, welcome along with you. Some great things happening in the life of our church. I'm so thankful for that you're here and thankful that uh, we get to approach this next week knowing there are a lot of people that are going to meet Jesus this week. That should excite somebody. Your family, your friends, prodigals are going to come home we're going to see an amazing return on the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I can't wait for it. It's going to be awesome. Let me pray for you and bless you as we go. Father, I thank you for my friends. I pray that you bless them with an incredible week following after you all week long in Jesus' name. And all of us said together, amen. God bless you as you go. Have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support, and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week, and we will see you next time.